A good page experience doesn't override having great relevant content. Those are Google's words as they prepare us for the upcoming page experience update. I'm Leah Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media, and this is In Camera Podcast, where we believe you should care about Webcore Vitals because you care about your clients. Our podcast private legal marketing conversations. Welcome back, Grace. How are you today? Good. How are you, Leo? Grace, couldn't be better. It's my birthday. Happy birthday! Yay! Thank you so much. Yeah, and as I said, couldn't be happier to be spending uh, this special day here with you recording in camera podcast, particularly because, as always, we have prepared a nice and interesting conversation to have. But before we get into that, Grace. Let's talk a little bit about some updates and follow up on a previous topic that we discussed last week, right? So, um, of course, last week we were just coming out of the uh, power grid failure uh, situation here in Texas. We talked about that. And you had actually mentioned that there was already quite a bit of movement happening in terms of uh, initiating class actions and as a whole claims, right? Including personal injury claims. And I can report back, Grace, after seven days that now we are in the midst of working on all of these campaigns because that's what uh, our local attorneys are seeing being uh, a really good opportunity, right? So, you know, we've gone from nothing to already have TV commercial spots on the calendar to be shot this weekend and next week. And so there's really a lot of interest in capturing either potential class action complaints here or uh, from attorneys who are actually looking for individual injury cases that came as a result of uh, these events. And here's the thing, you probably also read the email from X social media that just came out, I think yesterday afternoon, where they were already saying, well, I mean, you know, we've already got it started here and we have already received more than 600 leads over a period of a few days. They're also getting ready to launch TV campaigns. And it's just because there is a lot of momentum. And here's the other thing, Grace, right? I know some people are thinking, well, I don't know. I mean, this it's going to be two weeks or 10 days by the time we reach mid next week. But it's only now when people are starting to gathering themselves and really coming out of all of this and stabilizing and starting to have these conversations. So so definitely not too late. We've just seen part in primarily uh, the markets that are in central Texas, right? From Houston to Dallas, all the way to, uh, from Austin, all the way down to Rio Grande Valley, we've seen a real increase in overall personal injury uh, calls and leads this last week. So I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting uh, moving pieces to all of this. So, um, yeah, I wanted to share that. Yeah, no, I, I have definitely uh, seen that. And I saw what, you know, came from XSocial um, just yesterday. And um, yeah, I mean, it isn't too late, as you said, you, you know, you can still um, get involved in helping those that have, who were affected by this. And, and exactly, as you said, it's kind of separated into two things, right? This residential and the commercial. 
um, in terms of the claims and uh, personal injury issues that occurred because of the power outages. Um, so just to be a little more specific about what's going on, um, that's kind of how it's divvied up, um, just like you said, Liel. Um, but that's basically what it's about. And that's kind of, you know, it, it isn't too late to get involved. And um, you, if you have any questions about what this kind of entails, you can always reach out to myself or Liel, and um, we'll be more than happy to talk to you about whether it's digital marketing on Liel's side or getting involved on the cases on my side. Yes, absolutely, Grace. So I particularly think of the attorneys that may not be in Texas, but they want to uh, get involved. This uh, definitely could be, uh, through co-counseling, right, a good opportunity to get on board. So, Grace, that's that, right? But there's, this week, there's, it's been full of digital news as well. And so we can touch on some of those before we get into our topic of the day. And I'd like to start with a few things. Uh, number one, this week, there was a huge Google Ads outage. So while most of users who are using Google Ads uh, did not notice it, Google Ads account managers definitely did. It was quite scary, but the good news is that it didn't really had any major consequences to it. The only main issue right now is that if you had any uh, pending or open complaints right now, they just have an extra delay in handling those, which is never great. I mean, Google Ads is a platform which already takes quite a bit of time to troubleshoot on issues, particular issues. And this situation as a whole doesn't help that much. A few additional announcements have been made also, particularly for Google Ads as a platform. Again, all the time looking more towards automation, automation, automation. But um, these are more kind of like related to shopping as a platform. So not something that is so relevant for us here. And the other only element here is that uh, political ads are back on the charts for Google Ads, which again, you know, I know we do talk here a lot about law firms and such, but district district attorneys and those that sort of thing also fall and get affected by this type of rules that Google's uh, sometimes put, right? Um, so that's one of the things that we've seen. Another thing here is that we're getting very close to the update, if you may, one of the biggest updates that we're looking at in 2021 from Google, which is page user experience as a ranking factor. And while this has been on the works almost already for a year, it's really going to consolidate itself in just a few months from now. I believe it's May when it's going to come full strength. But the good news that we've heard and learned and kind of like were disclosed to us over the week uh, by uh, Danny Sullivan from Google was that actually the update itself, it will potentially benefit a lot of people, but it's not likely to, 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 to do any meaningful harm to existing pages that may have not necessarily paid as much as attention into certain elements that are going to be playing an important role into this, like uh, core web vitals, right? Which is a very, very hot term that is started to get used more and more and more since last year. And uh, the reality is that a lot of these page experience ranking factors are already a factor now, 
right? Um, mobile optimization, speed, and such, they already play a role right now. They're just going to kind of be more unified and more potentially have even more weight than they have now. But what Google said, what the message is being is that content will continue to come first. So if you're failing at any of these particular uh, elements, factors, if your content is still the best one, you're still going to succeed. Now, what do we know about law firms is that there's a lot of law firms, particularly in very competitive markets, where everyone's doing a great job. And so people have good content, they're working and they're doing a good effort to put up original, creative, genuine content. So in those case of scenarios, it's really going to be who is actually also doing an excellent job on the technical side of things, who's going to end up, you know, getting to sit on position number one as a crown, right? So um, I think it it's not... I think it's important and you would know what kind of scenario you are in, but I definitely see primarily, as I just said, big markets, competitive keywords, uh, search terms. You know, if you're in the personal injury market and you're in places like Florida or New York or California or Texas, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, these technical optimizations are going to become very, very important. So um, just... Kind of like a reminder that it's coming, but none of that is offsetting the importance of content. So you can have the best and fastest website. If your content is not good, you're you're not gonna it it, it doesn't compensate, it doesn't work that way. So um that's some kind of like the realizations, reflections that we've been having here and been talking around here uh, over the past few days, Grace. What are your thoughts on that? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, as we both know on here, right, uh, we're always talking about content and content is king and and how, you know, y you can get to number one or at least be up there in the three pack if you have, you know, good user experience on your website. That holds true year after year after year, month after month, day after day, no matter what you're doing. And so, you know, it's super important, I think, for us, for everyone that listens to our podcast and anybody that listens to our podcast to understand that as as implicitly as possible, you need good content. And even particularly when you're in a big place like uh, New York or Miami or any of these states that have, you know, or cities that are just inundated with people that do just as good as you needs to be thought through and done consistently. Exactly, Grace. And so really there is no escaping the fact that you need to have and create and put a lot of effort into good content. And the last thing I want to say with regards to that is that it's not just about, okay, I'm going to do focus on creating great content and ignore paid digital marketing, or I'm going to just focus on paid digital marketing and, and, and ignore creating content it doesn't work that that like that anymore right uh, you really need to be holistic you need to be supporting one campaign with the other whether it's your organic with your paid or your paid with your organic it really requires that relationship to exist to really stand out and be able to to remain competitive i think every time uh we're seeing less effective or less efficiency coming out of campaigns that are just into one single strategy one single channel so uh, that's a hundred percent to to be considered now grace since we've started the conversation about creating content and the importance of content and such um we also need to kind of be realistic about the fact that not everyone has at least to get started 
time for creating content. And I want to uh, hear some tips from you as to what do you do in those kind of scenarios? Because there are ways that you can still remain active, that you can still participate in conversations, right? While you are building up some sort of infrastructure for getting started. But with that being said, I also want to uh, point out that you don't necessarily have to have a year worth of planning on in terms of your content calendar to get started. It, it shouldn't be that complicated, right? I mean, what we're going to be discussing here today, again, it's a great way to complement potentially part of your uh, content strategy, be that your social media strategy or part of what you're doing in terms of generating and creating content. But it shouldn't be your whole content strategy based out of this, right? So let's be clear about that. But with that introduction, very lengthy introduction, as a matter of fact, let's uh, let's let's get started, Grace. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you want to share with our listeners today? So um, I'm actually going to share a sort of a term that I became familiar with um, probably a couple of years ago that I really like, and it's called newsjacking, right? And so newsjacking is. According to the uh, Oxford Dictionary, just so everybody knows, the practice of taking advantage of current events or news stories in such a way as to promote or advertise one's product or brand. Basically, you're taking current events and making it work for you. So that, that's that's the definition of newsjacking. Makes yeah. sense? Uh, you know, newsjacking. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so... In relation to newsjacking, what the reason that we're talking about that and taking current events and exactly as Liel said, it's super important for you to realize that this cannot be your entire uh, marketing plan for content, but this is made to supplement and find a way to do it if you don't have something already in place. That's what newsjacking is for. And you can utilize different tools. Um, my two favorite tools for creating content based on current events and news are Google uh, Alerts and Google Trends. What do you think about that, Leo? I think they're extremely useful. I think they're very disregarded. And the most important thing is that they're absolutely free, right? I think... Um, I'll be honest with you. I think Google Trends sometimes can be a little bit useless because uh, it really requires uh, volume to indicate uh, interest levels and patterns. So it doesn't. It, it's not really great when you want to get to very granular metrics. But as a whole, as a as a resource, it's fantastic because it really can help you get better, at least some baseline information that can help you get started in researching. Uh, something, topics, or anything. And Google Alerts, that's really kind of like the opposite. It's extremely granular. You get to choose exactly by keyword what are your interests, what you want to target, and just get notified, you know, in a in, in an easy way through your inbox anytime that something that touches on that is is uh is being indexed by Google. And it's great. Exactly. Google's telling you what is trending. Google is telling you what alerts pop up based on the keywords that you selected, based on whatever it is that you set up for that. So that's why I use both of them to kind of help me figure out what direction I want to go in with a particular 
event. Um, I'll actually give you a, a, an exact example um, that I just heard of not even a week ago. And that is a, a divorce lawyer, right? Um, a divorce law firm. They took the recent uh, news about Kanye West and the Kardashians, right? And the divorce that they're going through. And they took that, put the news on a blog post and basically took that and said, this is my take on the divorce. And this is what's going on. And this is what I would have suggested if you, if I was your divorce lawyer, People like stories. People want to know what you think yeah. about how you're going to handle something like that. W what do you think, Leo? As that is a hundred percent, way more engaging and where way more relevant approach than you know sometimes just coming out of the blue with your own topic. But and I mean, I think it's really great. I think it could actually get you in front of potentially people who are considering or are also in the search of a divorce law firm. The bottom line is that it's great brand awareness, right? I mean, content strategy is not necessarily bottom of the funnel sort of lead strategy. Content strategy is more kind of like an awareness mid funnel strategy. And for that reason, really anything that in a way or another relates to what you do, the type of services that you offer and that generates traffic, it's worth it's worthwhile and i 100% think that looking and being aware of all these uh trending trending topics is going to definitely give you an opportunity to come across with your message in a way that it's going to be more more interesting to your to the market as a as a whole as a general thing um and just just you know it's actually quite funny because that is exactly the kind of things that Google Trends is actually good at. Like the divorce of Kanye West and Kim Kardashian would be one of those things that you would see as a trending topic on Google search uh, trends. So it's it's for those kind of scenarios, it's beautiful. It's great. And that's the reason why uh, sometimes that is, that is the best approach because you don't want to get so super granular. Yes, sure, you want to talk about Zantac, right? But the reality is that Zantac, it's not going to be trending probably. And if you go into uh, looking particularly uh, what search volume Zantac has had and such, you know, you're going to get very uh, basic information. But potentially there, there could be other ways that you can talk about the type of case or the type of issues that uh, pharmaceuticals have caused including Zantac and such by actually kind of like latching into another topic that can be associated with with it. Does that make sense? A hundred percent, Leo. And that's perfectly put because I'll give you an example. While opioids are not ranitidine or Zantac, you could, in theory, if you put it correctly and you do it the right way, you could, in theory, latch on to the current opioid crisis that is going on and talk about that and your take on it and then offer up to the, in the, the reader, I handle these types of cases and include Zantac as that. So th there's all kinds of opportunities for taking current events and current news to utilize it for yourself and for your firm to help more people. You know, and that's basically what it is. It's taking a story, putting your spin on it and making it so that the user understands that not only do you do this, this is part of your practice area, this is what you do for a living, but you have a story and you have a, a side and you understand the complexities of it so much so that you can take a current event and make it in a way that somebody wants to read. Because who, tell me, 
you know this. How many of those darn MVA motor vehicle accident books can you get? How many of those, you know, how to go through your insurance company can you read? I mean, how many times do you see these like, oh, this is what Zantac is and this is the recall and these are the problems that you're having with it. Enough of those. I mean, yeah. you already have those. There's enough of those. What do yeah, you think? I think, I, I think, Grace, I think we've kind of like hit the ceiling already when it comes down to some particular types of content. I, I, I would tell you, I mean, if you've already kind of like covered those basics, I would 100% start focusing more on video. Um, I think, you know, uh, one very, like it had its momentum a few years ago, the infographic and kind of like then people say like, eh, you know, it's, it's too complicated. It, it takes me too much time or whatever. And they stopped doing them. But I actually think they're actually very good. Um, they're very helpful. And for that reason is that I think videos are great. I think another very underutilized uh, resource, particularly for websites, is actually adding GIFs to your website. Because they're short clips, they actually give you the same appearance as video, but they allow you to kind of do um, two of the, the best things that you can on a website, right? The website, your website will continue to have text it, because that's what websites are, right? They're text-centered primarily. And uh, you can still use the video to make it more engaging and interactive. And so I don't know if you, you know, Apple does that a lot, a lot. Right, they, they use this user experience where you, as you're scrolling through the page, you're reading text, but also with the motion of scrolling, there is video that's actually happening on the background, right? Of course, that's advanced <laughs> uh, web development, but still, if you have an article, right, and every couple of scrolls on your mobile device, you get to a part where there is an animated picture, a GIF, basically showing you a 10, 15 second clip that it's relevant to the topic, it kind of like blends both things. It keeps you reading and at the same, at the same time, it gives you a visual to engage you. Because um, while video is great, uh, video requires for you to hit play, stay static, you're watching the video, who knows, maybe even go full screen uh, and ignore the rest of the call to actions that are on the page. Whereas when you're actually inco incorporating and integrating GIFs and that sort of thing, you are able to keep the user in the page, looking at all of the other elements that you have around and at the same time reading, make your uh, uh, written content more engaging. What do you think, Grace? Have you had experience with these kind of pages lately? Not recently. However, it's funny that you mentioned that because even like, I mean, years and years ago, I got involved in animated GIFs, right? Because of the size of the content and video, um, it makes the page speed slower. And yeah, the same with us. Same with emails, right? And so mm -hmm. when it comes to emails and deliverability, I try not to ever include, if I can, links. Images don't always come through, right? We know that. But you have more chances of an email going through with an animated GIF that was included in, in the image rather than a link because links have potential issues of executed links and whatever else, right, for spam reasons. So That's I've right. been dealing with animated GIFs forever and actually building them out so that it looks like a full-blown video, but it's just a GIF. And that yeah. reduces the amount of space that you're taking up on the website. It's, you know, for me, it's it's the best way to do it, honestly. And I've always promoted GIFs over video when you when you need to, right? I mean, obviously, video is best if you can.
Yeah. So, I mean, of course, and we've talked about this before, most of times you won't necessarily host video on your website. You would just have a Vimeo uh, embed or a YouTube embed on your site. And and that's that's great. I mean, listen, if you're at the point that you're actually including videos on your website, then you've hit a whole new level and that's fantastic, right? Let's not make it look like all from the southern. You should now stop putting videos on your website and start <laughs> using only GIFs. But at the same time, I mean, we're just talking and since the conversation started also a little bit touching on user experience and such, I personally, I'm talking from a personal standpoint as a user, I find it very engaging when I'm actually reading a document and instead of just being served for a, a, a static image as supporting material to the reading, I find it way more engaging when it's a GIF. And Again, it's also allowing you to use the best of both worlds, uh, using a little bit of video while at the same time not having to force the user to choose one over the other. Because that's the one thing with video in most of the way that we use it right now is that whenever you hit vi play video, uh, you're likely to have to stay static looking at that video. And I don't know if you've noticed, Grace, but actually Facebook already started and they've been doing this for a while in a sense that when you actually are being served a um, video ad, so when, you, when you're playing the video on your feed and then you click on the actual link of the ad, it keeps the video uh, on the top half of the screen or top uh, third of the screen. So you can still absorb that and, ha and, and you know, either hear or watch it while you're scrolling through the uh, landing page. And that I think it's great. That I think it's, an, it's another really good solution of combining both things. But the bottom line is that we need to just keep in mind how users behave nowadays. And we like to multitask and we want to uh, be able to keep our eyes sometimes in two things at a time, right? Who doesn't watch TV and uses his phone or her phone at the same time? We all do. So uh, the same thing is happening when we're actually at a page. I want to hit play on the video or I want to see some uh, video stuff, but at the same time, I want to I, I, I wanna skim through the content to, to see you know what other bits and pieces of information I can get out of this. So. Um, I think that's the kind of behavior and user behavior pattern that we need to take more into consideration as we're moving forward in the way that we build our websites and create content. Yeah, user behavior. And you can actually see this. And I don't think a lot of uh, lawyers or, I mean, I know a lot of marketers do, but a lot of lawyers may not understand or know this. You can see the user behavior on your website by just looking in Google Analytics. It'll show you the flow from one page to the next page or one, you know, uh, tracked a uh, page or landing page somewhere else that you might have to another. So you can always see how how they're going or taking time to go from one uh, page to another, or if they're spending um, no time at all and they're bouncing right off of the page, you can adjust your content and how what you're doing on your website. And exactly as Liel said, you should be building it with the user in mind because that's who it's for. It's not for you. It's for your user to experience what you can provide to them and it's to give them the information that they're looking for in the method with which they're looking for this. Um, yeah. Right. To totally grace. And the one thing I also want to mention here, right, because you've presented news jacking in a very, very thorough and kind of like, wow, like, so here are the latest news and here's an article I wrote about that. Right. And that's kind of like almost, you know, content. 
But news tracking can be way more... In Hebrew, we call it chutzpah, right? Which it means that, you know, shameless. Shameless. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny so, that because I was so, kind of thinking that's something we need to speak or discuss a little <laughs> bit about when it comes to news tracking. Yeah. So basically, you literally take an article that you did not wrote, you share it on your social media, and you just literally write three sentences on the top of it on the post text, and you just kind of like, you know, giving your three cents literally on it and linking to somebody else's content. But why does this work? Well, number one, because this is already a topic of interest, right? How do you know it's a topic of interest? Well, because you've been uh, observing how it's been trending on Google Trends or because you have alerts set up through Google Alerts or because maybe you're using other tools that are letting you know that, hey, these articles are actually having a ton of engagement on social networks, right? One of those tools would be, for instance, BuzzZumo, which is actually really good. Now, um, that's a way of doing it as well. And it's totally fine. It's totally fine. It's about joining the conversation. Here's another one. You just go and start doing some more social media listening and join conversations and just look at topics that are actually having a ton of engagement and just jump in into that conversation and throw in your, your opinion and your three cents. And that's networking on 2021, Grace. Right. I mean, that's that's how we do things nowadays. And so I think all of these are very valid approaches to um, using digital platforms to create brand awareness and to build and expand your network. One thing I want to add, Grace, about newsjacking, and I don't have an actual name of a tool to mention here, but I will research one and add it to the episode notes is that you can actually, right? And this is and this is like personal injury digital marketing 101, social media hacks is you go and check the latest news on car accidents in your area, right? Take the uh, article that ABC, CBS, whichever of the local news networks recently published about it share it on the social on social media as a link you put up there as i said your three cents which come in the shape of a comment as to you know why these things are preventable why in case you or someone you know was involved in this particular car accident needs to get in touch with you and so forth and so on and you link to the article and then here's the thing grace you can actually add on the uh, other side on on, on the news site article you can actually put up your call to action in there you can you can it, you actually can get that link to have over it a CTA a call to action on the bottom of the page that actually allows them to either initiate a call to your law firm or submit a web form submission this is not your site you're actually putting a CTA on somebody else's site but it's obviously tied to the link that you're using to share the, this particular article, right? If you go to the site directly, you wouldn't see it. But as long as you're using this link, it will show your CTA over it. Great. Isn't that genius? That's very genius. And it's funny that you said that because that was exactly what I was thinking when it came to, you know, adding little cards on certain videos and things like that on YouTube. And that that's, that's what newsjacking is. It's for you to take the the article and rebrand it to a degree so that people know this is what I'm spinning on this article. It's not by me because you're not stealing content. You're just 
jacking the current event that's happening and putting your spin on it. Now, 100%. Super important, right? Like, and I know that you, you'll agree with me on this one. Um, you got to, you have to be good with the timing, right? Because let's say I, I can't be writing about the Texas power outage today um, necessarily, right? That, oh, they're all out of power right now. No, <laughs> do not, yeah. you know, take a current event that, and then write about it like two weeks later, obviously. And, and we, that's obvious or, or at, us. Yeah. Or at least adjust the, the, the you know, at, at what stage in the events we are, exactly. right? Exactly. And then the tone, right? Like you have to be super careful because you are talking about, as an example, a divorce, an accident, you know, people got hurt during this. So please just be very careful in the way you take the news and put your spin on it in a way. And most, most lawyers know this, and I think most marketers do as well. You just need to be careful with the way you come across. And so that doesn't seem like you are a hanger on to a miserable event that happened and you really are truly giving them something that is a value. Um, by giving them this new piece of content and by newsjacking the news, um, because that's the whole point of it. It's not to just self-promote. It's it's to actually give them value in the and a reason behind why you're rewriting or giving your spin on something that happened. That's right, Grace. So um, make it consistent to your law firm's brand voice. Great. So we went through a few ideas of how to. Uh, remain active and visible and somewhat generating some sort of content, even when things get a little bit challenging. But as we've said, these are just some tips that you can use just to get started or to complement what you are already doing. So it's time for our takeaways, Grace. All right. So for me, it's, uh, I think the first takeaway would be, uh, there are tools out there to help you create your content, use them. There are free ones like Google Trends and Google Alerts. And as Lee also very clearly pointed out, Google Trends, while it's general, can help you kind of figure out certain specifics that you want to drive drive down into. And Google Alerts is much more granular. So between these two free tools, you should be able to figure out um, not your entire content strategy necessarily, but um, to help you with specifics of something that you might want to write about right now. Yeah, Grace, let me add one one other one, right? Use Twitter. Like Twitter, it's all about that. It's about what's trending. And so that's another really, really great tool that you can use to just, you know, from your phone, click on a on an app, go to the to the trends section, and you're gonna be able to see what's trending in not just general in your local market, but uh at national level for the particular topics. It's actually a really good way to get ideas or to confirm, you know, whether a topic is relevant or not. So that that's another one that I would 100% show there. And it's free, right? You just need to have a Twitter account. So that's a really good one, Grace. I would say um, another one is it's perfectly fine to get inspired by other trending articles that you're coming across with 
and then remaking them into your own version. I think we're all very critical readers. Most of times we read things, and particularly when it touches an area of expertise of ours, most of us would be like, oh, but they're missing this, or they're not saying that. or there's... So that's exactly a great asset if you're that kind of person that uh, responds that way sometimes when you're reading something that actually is about something that you have an expertise or you care for. So use that to create talking points so that you can go ahead then and rewrite uh, an article and make it even better, right? And then, of course, there is a lot of techniques, if you may, for then putting that content into work, right? So if it's really a topic or a piece of a content that is already trending and it's already has a lot of interest, then you can certainly reach out to people who have already commented and have shown interest on that original piece of content that you read or that you read and tell them, well, here is as Grace was saying, here is my take, here is uh, why I'm doing things a little bit different and share it there, right? Right there on the platform. That's another thing. That's another thing that people do, right? You go to conversations in social networks that already have a ton of engagement. They're trending. There's a lot of people there and they're talking. And so you can actually go there and say, well, I've created my own take on this and here it is for those who want to read it. And that's a very, very powerful way of doing it. Now, you don't want to come across as spammy, right? Because you're going to get kicked out of the conversation, most likely, or your post is going to be taken down or whatever. But uh, if it's actually relevant and it contributes and it adds value, then you're potentially going to be allowed to keep your post there and allow it to get the exposure that it potentially deserves. So, you know, don't just create your content and then keep it in your website, bury it, hoping for Google one day to find it and allow it to get to rank composition number one, be proactive about it at the same time. Grace, your last takeaway. So my last takeaway is related to the newsjacking as a whole. Just be careful and be conscious of what information you're putting out there, how you're presenting yourself and what story you do write in terms of using the news or current events to spin. You know, really that's it. That's, that's my last one is just, you know, obviously be, be, um, conscious of your timing and your tone. And, um, but there's tons of information and current events and news out there that you can use that will help you not just promote, but also provide a story and help and information because that's the whole point of being an attorney is you got into it because you wanted to help others. And so Look at it from that perspective. Look at it from that point of view. Um, you are not being, um, you know, you're truly not being shameless if this is the, the the goal, right, is to help people. So put your spin on it. Take the news and take something that's important to you and uh, put it out there, you know, because people always want to hear a story and they always want to see what other people are thinking about how that works. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Leo, but that's kind of how I've always looked at, you know, content. Yeah, absolutely, Grace. And I agree with everything you you, you said now. I also think uh, another thing you've mentioned during the conversation is um, give credit where credit is due. Newsjacking is perfectly fine, but you know, just taking content from other party and try to make it look like it's yours, that's not Figurism. recommended, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's penalized. Google doesn't like it. You're going to not benefit from it. And as Gray said, it's just ethically and morally incorrect. So 
That's not what we are encouraging here. It's ways that you can actually use uh, existing content to join a conversation, to contribute to something without trying to take credit for it. Grace, great conversation. I think, you know, there's so many, it like takes you through so many different tangents that you can actually easily get into, but it's important to remind ourselves, right? It's all about staying active, creating content and being part of the conversations that are happening out there in our world. Thank you so much. And we'll be back, right? Next Thank week? you. Yes, we will. And happy birthday. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at We'll see you next week.